Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Hey, Chaotics, this is Johnny. And this is Jess. Welcome. Welcome again. (laughs) As always, you're welcome. Did we just like randomly just start calling them Chaotics? I don't think we ever had a discussion on that. It just started randomly. No, but listen, it works. (laughs) I I like it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, do we need to um, have a conference call about this? (laughs) So how's your week so far? Uh, it's stressful. I don't want to get into it. It's very personal. So I'm not going to go into it on the. Yeah, that's that's fair. I know you filled me in earlier. Yeah. On a lighter note, Mm -hmm. you want to know how my week's going? Yeah. So my husband surprised me with tickets to see the Backstreet Boys. (gasps) Oh my God. Hey. I'm excited that now that we're living in this like COVID world, that concerts are starting to come back because of the vaccine and everything. So I get to go see the Backstreet Boys. I went all fangirly. I know. (laughs) They were my very first concert like ever. We're aging ourselves here. I think we've talked about our ages before, but they were my very first concert. So I'm so freaking excited. My first concert was a band who doesn't exist anymore called Shadaisy. I love Shadaisy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we are aging ourselves here. For sure. <laughs> um, I When my husband told me he bought me tickets, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So then the next day while I was working, I was listening to the Backstreet Boys. <sighs> Johnny, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys is now like mom pop, like easy listening. <laughs> It's not bad. I still love it. But like, I remember as a teenager, like it was the coolest shit ever. And now I'm like, I'm a, I'm a mom. There are a 30 year old. There are times where I just get home and I yell, Hey Google play, play the backstreet boys. Yeah. Walking into the house. Freaking love the backstreet boys. So honestly, most nights though, I walk in the house and I go, Hey, Google, play Mozart, and then fall asleep. And then fall asleep. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good sleeping music. Yeah. All right. So um, can you give us our recap from last week? Yeah. I, let's just remind the chaotics. This is the very last chapter before the epilogue. This is the very last episode before the epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. Just take so. a moment. Um, and my summary is going to be rough because it feels like we recorded a very long time ago. And it wasn't that long ago, but I'm struggling to remember what's happening. So wow. it was kind of a, um, like an end to everything, right? Like the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Styles is okay. He wakes up from being passed out. Derek and his dad have been sitting with him the whole time. He has a conversation with Deaton about honing his spark 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Deaton agrees to help him like train it. Uh-huh. Um, Derek's family is all together. They have a house. Yeah, it, we we learned that it wasn't just Peter and his mom. There was, no, like, was like several his, members of his yeah, family. Yeah, it was like his dad. Laura. Laura. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Hale family reunion. They had to like convert one of the hotels to fit all the Hale family. All the Hale family. But they're all bundled together, which is probably very sweet for everybody. A sweet reunion. Yeah. Um, Am I missing anything important? Nah, there was a scene where they were cuddling in the chair because they won't let Styles move. Oh, and Derek was sneaking in through the window. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Papa Styles. um, Man, what what do we what do we call him? John? Noah. Noah. Noah told him just to come through the front door like a normal person. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to have to replace this. (laughs) The tiles during the winter. Just open the front door. (laughs) And Styles is like, that's him giving you his blessing. Yeah. So, like I said, it's very much, it felt like the beginning of the end, kind of wrapping everything back up. Yeah. And this is pretty much the end. And then we have the epilogue next week. Can I ask a question about the epilogue? Is it a time jump? It is a six-month time jump. Six months. Okay. All right. Cool. So. All right. Let's that see. is all I will reveal of yeah. the epilogue. No, that's okay. I just wanted to, because sometimes epilogues will, like, pick up right where it left off. I like when there's a little bit of a time jump because it gives you a little bit of a time Yeah. I, li- I like when they do time jumps because, like, when you, like, listen to, when you watch, like, a romance mover- movie, like at the end you're like thinking yeah right let's see how they're how they are (laughs) months you know every hallmark movie i've ever watched i'm like you guys just met each other give it two weeks and you're gonna hate each other yeah that's why i like the movie the breakup because like it starts out as like the really cute relationship and then the rest of the movie is like six months later when they're breaking up when they're broken up yeah (laughs) it's a good one so and like my friend I went and saw that with my friend and she's like I'm so disappointed that they didn't get back together I'm like it's called the breakup break <laughs> she's like but but and I'm like no no <laughs> can't expect a happy yeah. ending I, I mean they like, were happy at yeah the it was they a happy just ending. together yeah like breakups can be happy oh. like you if you stay together um and you're not happy it's just it turns toxic and neither one of you are going to be happy you know yeah and if you realize there's an issue and break up you're going to be happy in the end of it both of you are so and i'm pretty sure we got to see jennifer aniston naked in that one and that's always a good thing she's so hot (laughs) by the way i'm still laughing at he was stuck between a rock and a hard cock. <laughs> Can you, um, next time you write a story, write that into a story. 
I am so gonna write that into a story or a poem. <laughs> you know what? I was writing a poem yesterday. I can totally do that. I think it would be hilarious. And then we'll have Johnny's poetry corner one one day. <laughs> All right, Are you ready to get started on the oh, story? Yeah, absolutely. We we talked more than we agreed to. <laughs> A week of almost bed rest saw Styles recovered enough and restless enough to venture out into the largest gathering of people he'd been surrounded by since the world ended. His dad seemed eager to introduce him to his, this safe haven he'd helped build to give him the grand tour. But the further they moved along the peaceful street, street the more anxious he felt. No one stopped and stared in the middle of the road, but he could feel their curious glances linger as they bid them good morning. He smiled nervously, every muscle in his body tense. Why is this so hard? He whispered as they rounded the corner of the little street where the road, such as it was, became surrounded by a stretch of fields. They were full of flourishing crops that Styles couldn't recognize at first glance, and in the distance, the morning sun was gleaming off the greenhouses. He could just glimpse the way they curved around the edge of the town center and out of sight. It gave the little residential area. Oh, their house sat at in a secluded fill which was a blessing in the moment, momentous task he had ahead of him of learning how to live with people again. Sorry about that laugh, people. My dog started licking my face. That's Jack? Yes, this is Jack Sparrow. I, I haven't seen her in a little bit. Her ears are bigger than her whole head. <laughs> She's usually playing with the other animals. Yeah, but we're at mom's tonight. Yeah. So freaking cute. Ears. Yeah. Okay, back to the story. Scott and a very pregnant Lydia had visited him visited him over the last few days, and it had seemed it, it had been bizarre enough remembering how to talk to people who'd known him. Bizarre, his mind supplied, but so fucking good. Skyled Skyle. Scott had looked just the same, same bright brightness to his eyes, same crooked jar jaw, albeit covered with scruff and some catastrophic hair. He'd wrap Styles in his arms as if they'd never been apart, and Lydia, as beautiful as ever, even with swollen feet and cheeks ruddy with hot flushes, she'd given him the same air of indifference that had cracked with an almost teary smile the more they spoke. The rest of the people here, they were good people, strangers for now, but they built a sanctuary that didn't discriminate against race or species or anything else. They were good, hardworking people, and they loved his dad. He could do this. You're too hard on yourself, his dad said, nudging his shoulder with his gently, with his gently as they walked. You're expecting to swoop in here and drive everyone crazy with your eclectic facts and sarcastic humor, just like you did at the station. 
but you're not that kind of kid anymore, Styles, and that's okay. Styles felt his eyes sting a little at the way those words exposed him and every uncertainty his dad saw right through him. Uh, he didn't want it to change me, he whispered, the breeze cutting across the fields, whipping his hair up and nearly carrying his words away from them too ferociously to hear. His dad had heard him, though. Of course he had. The sheriff stopped in the middle of the path and turned to face him, gripping his shoulders firmly. It was just like when he'd been a child and his dad had held him firmly, as if to anchor Styles to be sure he was listening. You survived where most of the world didn't. It'd be insane for you not to change. It's okay that you did. Styles stared into his dad's eyes and felt his throat clench tight as he forced out words that had been eating him up for a week now. I killed someone. He swallowed thickly. I killed Gerard Argent, and I don't even care. God, Dad, I'm glad he's dead. I wish he'd die sooner. I wish we'd let him die back in the woods rather than haul him all the way here. I killed someone, and I'm not sorry. What kind of person does that make me? His dad's fingers squeezed, squeezed more firmly, and his dad's face softened as they moved to cup his face as if he were the most beautiful sight in the world, scars and all. It makes you human, his dad said softly. The wind died down enough for the moment to feel like an intimate bubble on the breeze, like the sun streaming down and highlighting every line on his dad's face. I killed people in my line of work styles. Some of them people who had done things that make me sick to my stomach, his dad continued. Whether it's wrong or right, I made sure they could never hurt another person the way they did again, and I was satisfied with that. I like to think the way, way I came to that judgment, the way it was made, doesn't make me a bad person for, for making it. But even then, the world isn't what it was when you were a kid. So you have to ask yourself, did you make this place safer by killing him? Did you keep those people you love safe, innocent people? It's getting easier for me to make that voice. <laughs> yeah, Derek hasn't spoken yet. <laughs> <laughs> when Styles didn't answer, his dad continued. I would have made the same decision. So would Chris. So would everyone here. We're not animals, like Derek said. We hold trials, ideally. But before we created order here, there was a lot of bloodshed to take the town back. His dad rubbed his hand across the back of his own neck. When I'm trying, uh, no, what I'm trying to say is, you're not a monster. You're not a bad man. You're still my styles. You've just, you've grown up. You're a man who wants to protect the people around him at all costs. And that is a man I'm proud of. A man you should be proud of too. Styles' eyes still burned, but his lips worked into an emotional smile as he gave a jerky nod, unable to say anything more. A clattering sound 
combined with that of hooves with with that of hooves on the track made them turn. Styles knew a moment of surprise at the sight of a horse and cart pulling up alongside them. It was a startling sight, one that would take about as much getting used to as the people in general, he supposed. Give me a sec while I try to come up with a voice here. Okay. You want me to just play the woman on the street? Yeah, give me, you play the woman on the street. <laughs> Can I give you a ride anywhere? The woman on the cart asked. To the, to the town center, Styles' dad replied, beaming warmly at her. It still bewildered Styles a little to call it a town because it didn't even have a thousand people. He supposed it was busy enough, successful, lively enough to earn the little the title, though. I'm just showing my boy around the place. His dad gripped the edge of the cart and hauled himself to sit beside Kara, who had shimmied along the front to make space. Styles, this is Kara, one of our neighbors. Kara, this is Styles. You want me to continue? Yeah, continue. <laughs> the one with the two no wait, the one with the two no nosy? Noisy? Yeah. Noisy? Yeah. The one with the two noisy kids. Yeah. Kara mused as Styles took his dad's hand and pulled him up next to sit next to his dad. The woman flicked the reins and the horse began a sedate trot up the quiet road so bizarre styles thought and yet it carried its own kind of peace so bizarre styles thought and yet it carried its own kind of peace the cart swayed gently with the movement and he watched the fields pass by letting his gaze catch on the greenhouses the people busy within his fingers curled in his lip itching to take a look to get involved he never really considered himself green-fingered before all this but he'd been without earth, fruit and vegetables to nurture since he'd left the tower, and part of him yearned for them. He'd been good at it, whether that was aided by his spike or spark or not, and he missed it. You can't wait to muck in and get your hands dirty, huh? Kara asked. He flushed a little, his thoughts obviously clear on his face, and he struggled for a moment to remember how to make his own words work. He felt off balance, under pressure, as the silence stretched out between them. Then Kara tilted her head with a gentle, understanding little smile. It gets easier, she promised softly, before looking back to the path ahead. Everyone here, we've all seen things, even the kids, but you'll get there, don't worry. Styles nodded, licking his lip, lips nervously before managing. I was sort of good at it before, I mean. When I was alone, I miss it. When all else failed, honesty had always been his method of madness in the past. They'll be grateful for new hands, new insight. Dean's going to teach me to do some things, maybe something I can help with the crops. He said, words coming quicker the more he spoke. I made Derek Hall some of the books I used up here too. Some for the crops, some for other things. They might be of use. Kara beamed. Well, we have a library of sorts, then everyone might make use of them. And of course, there might be some things there you'd like to take a look at. Actual books, novels, I mean, not just instruction manuals. Oh, oh I, uh, I've got an idea. Okay. It hurts. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Is your brain no, okay? um, I know it's late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you're reading your story, if you want me to do voices, I can totally do that. 
That'd be fun. This is kind of fun. This back and yeah. forth. <laughs> yeah. Styles's heart jumped. He managed to salvage some books, but the idea of something he hadn't read in a while or something entirely new was... You'll fit in well here. She promised brightly. Wait till you see the place properly. It's like a paradise. One where we all work our asses off, his dad interjected. Kara laughed. Well, there's that. But we're safe. We're all happy. We're together. There's not much more you can ask for. Styles thought of a time he'd spent alone, just surviving. Thought his dad and Derek, the pack, and his chest ached. Yeah, yeah, I think so, his face crinkled then. I'm not sure I can still ride a horse, though. I haven't been on one since my mom was alive. His dad laughed softly this time. We'll get you one. If I can do it, you can. To his dad, it all seemed so easy, nothing impossible. Styles hoped he'd regain that optimism in time. Now he knew he wasn't alone. Kara dropped them on the edge of the busy, repurposed town square. It was just off the road toward the gates and the other that led toward the hospital and the clinic. People were moving around, busy with their tasks, but they stopped to offer their greetings. The casual friendliness of it, the everyday order to the routine, calmed his frayed senses, made his nervousness abate somewhat. There was a sense of normalcy in the absence, kind smiles that made him feel a little less isolated in the sea of startling faces. There was a series of buildings that stored the fruits, vegetables, meat, grain, even a bakery. They seemed to work similarly to shops, except that there was no currency, only an allowance to be spent per household. His dad gave him a knowing smile as he opened at his open awe at the selection and took a fresh loaf and some eggs to his their account. He showed him how it worked simultaneously so he could come and pick what he wanted within reason another time. The smell of bread whisked up his nostrils as his dad showed him the building for the tailors run by an older couple and three young youngsters that seemed to be apprenticing. There was a stock of used clothes, clothing in good repair, as well as basic fabric for what could it be repurposed. There was even shelves of wool for those who could knit or crochet their own sweatshirts. He was glad when his dad suggested they come back another time to place an order for a warmer sweater because while the idea in itself was more than appealing, standing and being measured at close proximity to people for any length of time, having to stand still seemed impossible just then. There were buildings for tools and building supplies, gardening supplies. Someone had even repurp repurposed a projector to form a makeshift cinema that ran most evenings. You'll never, speaking of, you'll never guess what I did today. I bought a projector. Oh, that's so freaking cool. My sister has one and I made fun of her. I'm like, you're never going to fucking use that. And then she set it up. And I'm like, this is so cool. No, I'm like, I'm buying the projector. Mom's like, the whole time, like, you don't need this. You don't need this. I'm like, we're going to watch the Rock Horror Picture Show on the side of your house. And she's like, how? How are you going to get the power out there? And I'm like, look, I don't need your negativity and... Your logic. Yeah, but but once you figure it out, you'll be like, ha, look, how cool is this? 
We're going to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show on the side of the house. I've made this decision. It is very cool. I I I made I was also like your mom. I made fun of my sister and I'm like you're not you're not going to use it. What are you going to do? What are you going to use it for? And well, she I got showed me. <laughs> I got two folding camping chairs. Yeah. A projector and a white sheet. It's perfect. That's all you need. It's awesome. And an extension cord. Oh, and a, yeah, and an extension cord. You're good. Snacks. <laughs> we have popcorn. That's the plan. <laughs> we are going to watch Rocky or Picture Show on the side of the house. That is the plan. And it will convince your mom that it was the <laughs> best buy. <laughs> no, I literally told her, I don't need your negativity and your logic. <laughs> The school was in a building attached to the library, which not only had been well stocked before his dad and the others had even arrived, but it had been added to with every visit to local areas over the years. The building was simple inside, nothing like the architectural New York public library his parents had taken to him once, him, wait, taken him to once, but clean, bright, and lined with lovely, lovingly cared for books. It smelled like real pages and something in the way the old man in charge chatted to Styles eagerly about the books he could donate or sh to share with the library just lifted him. Oh my God, the bibliophile in me is going nuts here. The librarian Frank was a war veteran and one of the people who lived in the settlement before the world's end. He told Styles eagerly about the archived matter on the library computers a world of knowledge, of stories saved from the void of oblivion. He seemed to love books even more than styles. He glanced up from one of the computers that Frank was using to show him the digital archive to find his dad watching him with fond smiles, catching his eyes. Styles reciprocated before looking back on the screen where Frank was showing him the way they'd managed to rescue a lot of the books from the cloud system a lot of the library shared before the internet went down. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking like I have flash drives with just like fan fiction mm -hmm. saved on them. <laughs> and if the world ended and someone found my flash drives, how many like fan fictions would just end up in like random libraries? Could you imagine a world where the libraries were just filled with fan fiction? And like, like, like a hundred years after the world ends, people studying like these fan fiction writers as if they were like Dante or something. <laughs> oh, fan fiction writers give us an ent entire expertly written fan uh, novels for completely free. Respect. <laughs> the first fan fiction came out in the early 1950s in in sci-fi magazines yeah we've had we had this discussion in the first episode of ships of chaos yeah okay okay back to the story i wonder if we could find and repurpose some e-readers or tablets so more people would be able to download these styles wondered out loud frank beamed we have a few laddie we keep them inside the library but people can download a book or two and go away 
that sounded bad. That I, I flipped through like three different accents there. We keep them in, we keep a, we have a few. We keep them inside the library, but people can download a book or two and go away and, and sit down to free up the computers. People are pretty good about being careful of technology. Parts are hard to come by and things don't last forever. How was that second read? I like the second read better. <laughs> I will far uh, better in two so I can see him being more southerny. Yeah. Orleans. I want to learn to do it like a Brooklyn accent so I can do one one person as a Brooklyn accent and I need to work on my Irish one. So work on your Brooklyn accent because in the story that I'm reading, she goes to New York. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to need somebody that speaks New York in. Okay, I'll work on Brooklyn, on my Brooklyn accent this weekend. Awesome. Styles nodded. I'll bring by the books we talked about. I'd be glad to share them, you know. I think everything you have here will keep me busy for a while. Do you want to take something to check out for tonight? Frank asked brightly as they made their way back to the main desk. Styles' dad allowed them their conversation and just watched quietly as he followed. No doubt pleased with Styles' easier flow, easier flowing conversation. Before Styles could answer, however, Styles felt the steady presence beneath his skin flutter like a netted butterfly. He turned his head to see Derek walking into the library with a woman at his side. Derek's warm gaze fixed on him as they approached the desk. <clears throat> hey, he greeted softly. Hey, Styles locked eyes locked on his. It felt so normal running into Derek like this, as if this were a normal town. It was only then that he realized it was a normal town, as normal as it could be, and he was so struck by that realization that it took him a moment to register that the dark-haired woman with him was Laura. She looked different with her hair clean and brushed, sweeping over one shoulder. She was dark-haired like Derek, with brown eyes instead of Derek's complex green, hazel, gray. She was every bit a hail, and Styles was mesmerized by the resemblance, right down to the tentative smile that touched her lips when she when he, when he looked at her. Styles, his voice, Derek said, voice jarring slightly. This is my big sister, Laura. Laura, this is my. This is Styles. Derek's cheeks flushed. And Styles' dad cleared his throat awkwardly on his behalf. So Styles reached for Laura's hand, shaking it firmly. Nice to meet you properly, Styles said, confidence spurred on somehow by Derek's fumble. <clears throat> Derek and I are here to get some books for the family, Laura said, brightly. Her voice held the same outgoing, if tentative, garden note his did. Styles thought she he realized that they were in a pretty similar situation, learning to live again, trying to heal and find a balance between their old selves and what they could bear now, could be now. Laura seemed like a vivacious, confident, bubbly person, seemed like she could be again. Maybe they both could. He felt more confident in that possibility than he had mere days ago. Everyone at the house is pretty much working full time ahead to try and get the hotel into shape but everyone needs something to do in the evenings when it gets too dark to work laura said 
Do you, do you think Laura's voice is okay? Like feminine, but soft? Yeah, I like Laura and she's bubbly. She seems friendly. Yeah. I like her. Laura said, gesturing to the pile of books, they were evidently re returning to trade for some new titles. Styles supposed all those hails must go through a few books and reading, at least to him, was a good escape from the, his busy thoughts. The hells must all be feeling the same. I heartily recommend Call of the Wild, Styles said before he could stop himself, or, you know, White Fang. Something to soothe the restless wolf. He wanted to claw back the words as soon as they tumbled over his lips, but to his relief, Laura burst into laughter. It was a beautiful sound, almost as beautiful as Derek's private smile, which he tried to hide by looking to Frank to check the books back in. I can see why Derek likes you so much, Laura said brightly, and Siles's face fl flamed just as his dad cleared his th throat awkwardly again, shifting his feet as if not quite sure what to do with himself. There is no again in that sentence. Oh, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. Hyper little Nori. Sorry, we're uh, <laughs> taking over the story here, but <laughs> inserting our own words without meaning to. Derek scowled at her, but before anyone could say anything, she swept towards Styles and held out her hand, palm up, facing Styles, like she was silently telling him to halt, except he wasn't moving, and she looked curious rather than commanding. Would you mind if I... Styles nodded at the inside of his mouth, eyes flicking to Derek, who watched frozen as if he didn't dare believe his eyes. Not as if it were something that was bad, though. Styles nodded his recklessness subdued by the trust of her, of Derek. His eye widened as he, she stepped into his personal space, though, and her slender hand came across the cup the, to cup the side of his throat. She had a look of concentration on her face, eyes fixed on the angle of his jaw and her long fingers flexed, almost, almost petting, but not quite. A glance to the side showed him a stunned, but not unhappy look on Derek's face as if he were seeing something he hadn't dared hope for. When, when Stiles saw Laura's nostrils flare a little, he realized he was being scented, accepted, and his stomach flipped. Then Laura's fingers tightened just a fraction and she tugged him forward, enough for their cheeks, enough that their cheeks brushed before she stepped back. Her smile reminded him so much of Derek, so disarming, and he absentmindedly reached up to touch his neck where her hand had been as she watched him. Frank hadn't looked up from his books, and his dad seemed unaffected. This was obviously something that wolves did often with each other, with their pack, human, wolf, or whatever. It was commonplace, for, but not for Styles, who hadn't really belonged to someone besides his dad or Derek. It was a feeling like coming home after an arduous day that had lasted years, except it wasn't a place, it was people. It was within him and the people around him and it made him relax more than he has since he stepped into the settlement. He was home. Don't be a stranger, Styles," Laura said warmly, glancing at her brother before making her way to the bookshelf, <laughs> making his way towards the bookshelf labeled as fiction, A through I, by the simple black and white sign jutting from the end of the row. Derek had only had eyes 
for Styles the entire exchange. His expression intense somehow, in a good way, a way that made Styles' stomach squirm and his breath hitch a little as Derek stepped closer. Laura is uh he searched his face as if looking for something, searching deeper than flesh, as always. Then he drew a pensive breath before continuing. She's getting some more books for the family, but with you. It was so awkward with Frank pretending not to listen, with his dad standing there not knowing whether to walk away or say something or what. Styles and Derek had been just them for so long that even their time with Cora, Erica, Isaac, and Boyd hadn't prepared them for having to be a couple surrounded by other people. It would be a learning curve. He felt like a love-struck teenager again, and just that thought made his skin tingle under Derek's gauge. Would you and your dad like to come meet my family? Derek asked at Lance. Styles knew his dad had been stopping by briefly, helping to arrange things where he could among his other duties. It was the stolen hour or two that he allowed himself to be apart from Styles' side. What Derek meant was an official meeting, an introduction between their two separate families as one pack. I sure, totally sure, yes, Styles said lamely, feeling a little dazed as if Laura's presence was a tad more recognizable since she'd scented him. It was as easily identifiable from the others in the settlement as Isaac, Boyd, Erica, or Cora. Pack, he realized. Derek made a face. I, the one to scent you both, he said cautiously, though Styles knew now what he'd seen when Derek had watched Laura approach him. He was cautiously pleased, wanting Styles officially accepted by the rest of the pack. His dad, too. The, sol the solidarity brought with it a sense of confirmation, of reality, of intimacy. Styles' cheeks still burned when he willed his li lips to move. Good, he managed. That's a pack thing, right? To make us pack? You're already pack. Derek said in a tone that suggested he was so much more than that, that he was everything. It's, it's. It's an instinctual tradition, just making it. It's official. Styles couldn't help himself. Like Facebook official. I think we said it in our 420 episode, um, Styles and his lack of a filter. He's just, he just says whatever he wants. He's so funny. Like, are we going to do this again? Styles. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Let's try that again. Styles, his dad complained from beside him, his own re face ready with embarrassment while Derek looked mortified. We'll wait for Laura to find her books and come with you to meet them. The hotel wasn't far from the center, just off of it, in fact, likely due to its original use, close to all the amenities. It looked like a grand log-style cabin, likely to have been the appeal of that very vision to attract more niche tourists back at the start to the self-sufficient village not too far from the mountains, 
our protected force, a quiet retreat from the busy lives of the people who had come before. It was part dark honeyed wood and part stone with a broad entrance and frontage that was mostly glass. Aurelia Lake Lodge was written proudly above the entrance and jazz and Styles could almost envision the subtle luxury and welcoming warmth that it had held before. The kind it would have again, no doubt, as the pack house. Even as they approached, Styles could see Derek's family and a few of the other settlers up on the roof making repairs, cleaning the windows, working outside to repair what Styles thought looked like a wooden bed frame. He couldn't help but appreciate the aesthetic of the pack and their new home. May I take a moment to say that you come from a spectacularly unfair gene pool, Stiles mused, much to his father's despair and Laura's amusement. Derek just sighed in familiar fond expression before Stiles continued. The place doesn't look in that bad a shape. It's attached on the side to the restaurant that we use more as sort of a communal canteen for those that labor and cook, can't cook well in the community. So the hotel has been kept in good repair, structurally at least, Stiles' dad explained as they approached. We used it for emergency accommodations at the start too. So it's just repairs to the inside really, to the bedrooms that the pack are going to use, make it more of a home than a dormitory or, or hotel. We're, we're not far off. The building and the interiors are built well to start and the windows are already double glazed. It's just a few repairs to the roof and the bedrooms really now, Laura elbowed Styles. Maybe you can work your magic and help us kickstart our production in the garden. Not until he's repaired that sorry excuse for a vegetable patch I have, Styles' dad interjected. And before Styles could say a word to any of this, he saw a familiar face drop down off the roof and make a beeline for him. Erica's blonde locks were tied back off her face, which, it, as, what, which was smudged with dirt, but smile radiant. As he watched her approach, he saw Cora and Isaac circling around the back and Boyd close behind them. Erica reached them first, and without any hesitation, she wrapped her arms around him in a tight hug and pressed her forehead against his neck and pressed her forehead against his neck. A low wolf growl of a contentment of greeting rumbled in her throat. When she drew back, it was a long, sweeping, purposeful stretches of her fingers and she stepped just his side of his vision so that so, so that Cora could fill her space, then Isaac, then Boyd, until all of them had marked him with their scent, greeted him, accepted him into the extended pack they had built since the last time they were all together at the same time, confirming his place no matter how their pack had grown. When Boyd's large hand drew back from his neck and he moved aside, a stranger look, took his place. Peter Hale, like Laura, offered a moment of hesitation, not for his uncertainty, but for Styles' benefit and respect of his alpha, no doubt, who watched the entire thing from Styles' side with a look of silent approval. 
Like Laura had, he cupped Styles' neck and leaned in just enough to scent, to greet, brush against him in a bizarrely platonic and natural yet intimate way that set precedent for the rest of the Hale family that followed. I'm sorry, but what, envisioning Peter Hale nuzzling Styles is just messing with my mind. Yeah, it's a little weird. I could see the <laughs> sisters, the females doing it. Seems very feminine, but it also kind of seems very uh, dog-like. Yeah, you know your dog's all up in your grill, so it's got to be like a animal instinct, I suppose. Yeah. Jack is uh, asleep on a pillow on my pillow over here. Oh, Jack. <laughs> But when, so. but when she greets you, she's all up in your face. Oh, yeah. She in your neck. <laughs> I sit down and she climbs right up in my lap and starts licking my face when I get home. Yeah. Dogs are the best. Yeah. But it's just weird to envision Peter, oh. like, nuzzling styles. Yeah. They're, like, in human form, too. So it's weird. A little weird for a human to nuzzle anybody. Yeah. Okay. Back to the story. We're almost done. Derek, Derek gave a private, warm smile, stepping closer to Styles to splay his hand at the small of his back, a grounding, comforting gesture as his mother spanned the gap between them. Her fingers were long but strong like Laura's. They cupped the side of Styles' neck as her dark brown eyes assessed him and her lips twisted up the same way that Derek's did. She greeted Styles' father in the same way before coming back to rest her hand on Derek's shoulder, eyes returning to Styles. To Styles. We owe everything to you and Derek, she said in a warm, honeyed voice. Styles ducked his head awkwardly, dragging his fingers across the back of his neck. If it weren't for Derek, I wouldn't even be here. He'd still be alone in his tower, lamenting the life he'd lost until he just faded away out of loneliness. Talia tilted her head knowingly as Derek's finger curled gently on his neck. You brought each other here, she said, and you saved us all. Talia looked to his dad. And your father and everyone here have done everything they can to help us build a home here. We've lost everything. We're so proud to be part of your pack. That was great. Oh, thank you. His, his pack, their pack. The one he and Derek had built in the middle of Salveda Forest in the, at the end of the world. He nodded, stunned for the words by the emotion swelling his throat, by the connection he felt when everyone standing around him. Do you want to come inside and see the pack house? Derek asked softly, the first time he had spoken since the pack had officially greeted him. Styles just nodded and wrapped his fingers around Derek's as he was led inside. Suddenly, a lot less nervous about the things to come over the next few weeks, as he learned to live as part of a community again, after being essentially nuzzled and sniffed by Derek's family, their pack. He, he supposed there wasn't much to be nervous about. No, this is the end. I know. Oh, that's the last of it until the epilogue. We have a good epilogue, right? I think you said it's it's pretty long. Yeah. So let me Aww. see the epilogue. Guys, we, we got the rainbows and unicorns on a sparkly hill. 
this is awesome. This is such a, I'm interested to see how the epilogue is, but leaving it here is, uh, it's sweet. This is such a good story. Yeah. Oh, I am going, I'm just, I'm going to cry next week when we finish the epilogue. This is the end of the first story. I know. This is A, a milestone for Ships of Chaos. Mm-hmm. B, the best story we could have kicked a podcast off with. Hyper Little Nori is so freaking talented. Oh, just- do you want to... Do you want to announce what we agreed with Hyper Little Nori? Oh, yeah. So upcoming um, here in the next couple of weeks, we haven't figured out a scheduled date, um, but we will have a Q&A session with Hyper Little Nori um, and talk to her about Radio Tower and just basically like bow down to the queen because <laughs> no. she is amazing. And yes, this story is so good. And I know she probably did the story justice with her epilogue so we have exciting things coming though yeah so we've been talking about it again we have a dramini pansy story coming up it's going to be about five episodes long um and then johnny will surprise us with a little quickie or a short fic not a quickie some sort of short fic i don't know what else do you call them one shots i guess no because they're like five uh chapters each uh but no um i've always like i ranked them right we have a quickie uh short fic and an epic those are my those are my three i'm sure there's other things we could call them but yeah um but yeah it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine (laughs) just just envision wanda on wandavision i'm fine i'm fine So have a um, celebratory drink to celebrate the end of Radio Tower. And uh, yeah. we we just have a lot to look forward to. I want to say that I, I really just, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of response we're getting from just the first season. Yeah. And let's leave all of this until next week when we... we yeah, we'll cry, we'll cry together next week. Like I said, we'll take a celebratory shot. It'll be a, it's going to be a happy celebration. Yeah. So thank you for joining us for another wonderful, neat week, chaotic. All right. Before we start crying a a shit ton, let's let's wrap it up. Then we'll see you guys next chaotic Thursday. (laughs) Next chaotic Thursday. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.